Hey, Sam. Hey, Julia. How's it going? Pretty good. Who did we talk to this week? We talked to the director, Rachel Dart. Enjoy the episode. I feel like our sense of how many people care about us and other people is very skewed. <laughs> I, yes, I'm mean? sure that's true. Like, I feel like we all <coughs> sort of think that not a single person really cares about what we're doing, but every niche person that we're a fan of, we think, you know, everyone else is also a niche fan of this person. That's a really good point. Yeah. Huh. But I think it's actually accurate, though, that no one cares <laughs> what I'm doing. Yes, I, I also <laughs> think no one cares what I'm doing. I care about what you guys are doing. Wait, so am I that niche person, and you you assume that everyone cares about what I'm doing? Well, I assume that, like, many people care about what you're doing. I mean, obviously, you're limited by people who Not don't know who you everyone, but many people. Okay. Interesting. Well, like... I don't think anyone cares. Really? I would be surprised <laughs> to find out that anyone cares. Yeah, no. I would be surprised to find fans. that about myself. Also. Who are my fans? People who've seen <laughs> you perform. They don't know who I am. Like, I feel like at least like there's people who like if they see that you're in a concert, they're like, oh, that's a thing that like Sam is in. But all of I'm those people are like old, are like writers. But we can't that I've people. already worked with. <laughs> but that I've writers already can worked be fans. with. <laughs> but like, but that's actually that's the thing I'm always very interested about is like the the, the sort of like difference between being a colleague and being a fan hmm. and like Ooh. how when those wow. two th- when those are when when those two things exist in one person like what you know what i mean oh i mm-hmm. love this line of thought because yeah. like yeah. i was actually just uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do a show this summer and i found out who's playing my mom and it's a person that i've been a fan of since high school like like a fan fan of since high school and i'm like preparing myself to like not interact with her like a fan so that the rehearsal process won't be her being like oh this kid you know what i mean yeah Yeah. Um, and i wonder is that intensified if you experience this as well as a director when you're supposed to have like the position of authority over people Mm -hmm. that must be even weirder yeah it's pretty weird (laughs) it's definitely weird i guess though for me so far i've experienced it more as an assistant with people who i'm like oh my god i've been your fan since i was a teen or whatever i re- i recently experienced this uh i was assisting on a, sh- a show that john conley was in uh-huh. and like john conley is great but i was like why i feel like such extra love for john conley like why is that and then i realized i remembered that when i was 15 or 16 i saw him in the full monty on broadway and i was like oh i like imprinted on john <laughs> but for the first couple of days i totally acted so weird and i was like oh god like i'm acting like a fan yeah and i hate myself and then once we sort of got in the groove i was like oh you're just a dude right a really great and talented dude but yeah so i i haven't yeah i don't know that i've had the experience yet of directing somebody that i was a fan of that but you, you imprinted same upon way. in high school <laughs> yeah. imprinted on right exactly but so you guys both think that acting like a fan is not the ideal behavior because to me it does sort of seem like nice you know to be like oh it does seem really nice yeah. but like so like I know that like when I've met someone and the first thing that they do is come up and say like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I saw you in that thing and you're amazing. Like it definitely like creates a different dynamic. Yeah. Huh. It creates you know? a power imbalance, right? Yeah. And like, I don't know how to respond because like, mm. well, it's also because like if I'm unfamiliar with their work, then mm. like I can't reciprocate and mm-hmm. then, yeah. and then, and that's where the imbalance comes in, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think the example that comes to my mind really clearly off of like imprinting is I listened to the Falsetto's cast album probably like thousands of times and then I once in a brief shining moment cold emailed Allison Frazier to come sing a song on a demo and she did it oh my god amazing and I was so I don't think I did fan out with her actually I think I was really awkward but I don't think I said like you sung me to sleep under the night <laughs> Yeah, and I think people also have, like, mixed reactions to it. Like, yeah. I think some people really enjoy receiving that kind of attention, and others really don't. Right. And I wonder why. It's hard for me to imagine oh, being well, in a scenario it's, where... I mean, I'm uncomfortable I receiving saying, compliments. Yeah. 
<laughs> just period, sure. you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Bruce even <laughs> Me too. So maybe like that's the distinction here. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but but at the same time, like I've definitely worked with people that like the first thing that came out of my mouth was like, "Oh my god, I saw you in this, and you were so incredible." Yeah. So like. Uh, I'm I'm not a master of like you know like navigating this kind of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about assistants, that's actually something I wanted to ask you about. We haven't had too many directors on our show, and I think it's such a funny thing because like I've never gotten to be like an assistant to you know like this huge time like writer and like yeah. actors. I think also don't really get to do that. I'm curious just what that whole experience is like, especially because I feel like directors yeah. have such their own aesthetic and like plugging into that. Yeah, that's a many layered question and such yeah. a good question. I am, um, I guess part of what is tricky about being an assistant, I love being assist an assistant. It's assisting is sort of a trap for me because I feel very confident about my assisting, but I also don't want to be like a career assistant slash associate, so. I speak of it with great fondness, and when I'm not doing it, I always wish I was doing it. But um, so uh, there's such a variety of duties and tasks that you might have as an assistant, um, and you never know <coughs> the first time you assist somebody what those duties and tasks are going to be. Um, and so for me, uh, that's that's always a learning curve, right? Because it's like, are you going to actually be interested in my artistic point of view or not? And either way, I don't I personally don't really care. I know really? a lot of yeah, I know a lot of directors who um, have a stake in providing their art artistic point of view when they're an assistant or associate. And I just I just don't. Um, I like to be prepared, obviously, <laughs> if I'm asked a, an artistic type of question. But for me, assisting is all about trying to learn from whoever's directing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm, I don't really want to go get your cup of coffee at this point in my life, mm -hmm. um, but I will. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the sort of administrative um, aspects of assisting, are, I'm tr I, it, that's all fine with me. I don't know that I'm answering your question yet. I guess um, one of the things I enjoy about assisting also is trying to sort of uh, bend into the pretzel of, like, what is this person trying to accomplish Right, and what are what's their what's their artistic point of view on this project? I'm rarely in a position, and as an assistant, um, at least thus far, where I um, have any sort of direct artistic input, or I'm in a situation where I'm trying to think like, okay, well, what would the director say if they were here? Um, but yeah. I don't know if I'm answering your question. Yeah, no, it's also <laughs> I have like a million <laughs> questions about this. I mean, so um, do you only do you only sign on to do assistant or associate work with a director whose work you already know and like? Yeah, that that's not sense. always been true, but at this point, yes. Um, and I've I think it would be fascinating actually to assist a director whose work I don't like. I've not had that experience. <laughs> huh, someone like whose work you really don't like. Yeah, just to see like what goes on in those rooms. Yeah, and like how did you get there? Because that's a question I always, whenever I watch anything and there are directorial choices that I don't care for, I'm like, why did you do this? You know, <laughs> like like how did you, if this is point B, like what was point A? You yeah. know, how uh -huh. did, what was the journey from there to here? Um, so I would be totally fascinated to assist <laughs> director yeah. whose work I either really didn't like or really did not understand yeah you know um because I guess there are to like way oversimplify when I'm thinking about seeing something and ha thinking like that's not well directed there's mm -hmm. sort of like the presence of something that's really not working like something that's or just like sort of like the absence of direction totally yeah so when you say like when you say um the primary thing you like about assisting is like learning from the directors. Like what, how does that, what does that look like? Great question. I <laughs> guess, uh, it, I mean, again, it, I just feel like it, there are as many answers to this question as there are um, directors. Sure. I mean, one thing that I steal from directors all the time is the language that they use. Mm. Um, and like, for example, I, a couple of years ago, I assisted Kimberly Senior, um, who's an amazing human and an amazing artist. Um, and one of the questions that she would always ask the playwright is, what do we teach the audience about how to watch the play, right? It's like in the first, let's say, five or ten minutes, we have to teach the audience how to watch the play. So if I'm the audience member and I don't know anything, 
what am I, what are my expectations now based on what I, uh, these five or ten minutes that I just saw, which I think mm -hmm. is so smart, and I steal it from her and I use it all the time. Um, uh, you know, years ago I assisted Lee Silverman, and she would say that you know the actors would do it one way, and she'd say, okay, let's now see a version where. X, Y, and Z happens. I was like, oh, what a smart way to put that. Yeah. Um, so things like that I, I steal all the time. Um, Lee also, one of the things I learned from Lee was she would always, after they, for example, would stage something, she would always run it one more time than I would have. Huh. I would be like, okay, like I think they, they did it to mm. myself in my mind. And she'd be like, great, let, we're, now we're going to do it one more time. I was like, oh, why? What, what's <laughs> happening? Are you just more patient than I am? You know, you have sort of like more tolerance for sitting through this again, huh. you know? Um, so that's fascinating. I also just, speaking of patient, I just assisted Dan Sullivan, who is like one of the most patient people I have ever assisted and can truly just watch the same scene over and over and over and over and just tweak the tiniest things here and there. By the end, I would be like, I cannot look at this with my eyes anymore. <laughs> And he just has seemingly sort of infinite patience to watch it a dozen times um, and th and can tell the difference between like the teeniest, tiniest turns of the dial. Um, so in those scenarios, I'm always asking myself these questions of like, what would I have, would I have noticed that? Would I have mm -hmm. asked them to run it again? You know, whatever the thing is. Um, yeah. It's interesting when you first said, you know, like I like to learn from people, I was gonna ask, is there a huge spectrum between like the directors who sort of are great teachers and the directors who are not great teachers? But it sounds like if it is like observational, you can learn from almost anyone. Yeah, I definitely can learn from anyone. <coughs> um, I also think there, yeah, certainly there are directors who um, are invested in the learning and growing of their assistants. And then there are directors who are not. Um, and yeah, it's a very, very, very wide spectrum. Uh, which I think also the directors who are interested in the learning and growing are the directors who are more likely to ask you for your artistic point of view, you yeah. know? Like, for example, when I worked for Evan Cabinet, which, let me back up a step and say, I also believe that the giving of your artistic input is something you earn by being, like, otherwise competent. <laughs> and then once you've proven yourself competent, <laughs> then perhaps you will be asked to weigh in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that if you walk in with that expectation, I don't know why you would. Um, but anyway, so at a certain point in my working for Evan, when I had, I assume, proved competent, he said, okay, I send me a list of the 10 things that you hate the most that I'm doing and order them. Start with 10 of the thing you hate the least on the list and number one is the thing you hate the most. Whoa. And I was like, this is a terrifying assignment. Wait, in terms um, of like how he's behaving or in terms of what he's done with the show of the ter in terms of his directing of the show okay. um though that would be hilarious if i was like <laughs> you breathe really weird <laughs> when you're eating or whatever um but it really helped me a lot and then the things that because it made me think about it in a and i knew right away what all 10 of them were you oh, know wow. um as i think most assistants would yeah um but yeah and then we talked about them and it was really great. So, so yeah. Again, I think that's there's like a really a like correlation. egoless person too. Like, yeah, that would be hard. For I me would to not say ask my that assistant language. that. Yeah, in that way. Yeah. So do you also? So you also do it on the other side when you direct? Will you have an assistant? Sometimes, yeah. Um, I really like having an assistant. It's really fun. I'm not gonna come up with all the ideas. <laughs> Someone has to help me. You know, <laughs> I like having my assistant's artistic input. Yeah. Um. And people really do not do their due diligence at all <laughs> about directors, about assistants, not at all. Interesting. What like, what, what sort of due diligence do you recommend? I mean, for me, if I am going to use an assistant for the first time, I want to talk to a bunch of people they've assisted, mm -hmm. especially if it's like a high stakes project in any way. Um, but I just think for directors and assistants, I just marvel <laughs> at the number of people who get hired for things. And I'm like, who did you ask about this person? Because everyone that I know knows this person is not very good at their job. Huh. So who did you ask? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's interesting, that's the reputation. Yeah. Like, I feel like people just don't bother. Huh. Go ahead. Sorry. 
<laughs> and I'm just thinking about reputation. Like, I think I think this exists in the acting world too, where like I can think of a couple people who like specifically have the reputation of like great at their craft, not great in the room. Yeah. Mm. But like, mm-hmm. it's interesting, even at the like the level of like actual competence at their actual craft. Yeah. To still be working. Yeah, I think there's a lot of those. I don't know. I think about this a lot because remember a few years ago when they eliminated the sound design, Tony? Yes. And they said the reason was because no one knows what sound designers do. And I want to be like, then you should absolutely eliminate the directing category. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knows what the director does. Sometimes not even the director knows what the director (laughs) does, you know? Um, Sweet. So what do you think is as, like, pithily as possible? What does the director do? Oh, no. I backed myself into this corner. (laughs) Um, So many things. I mean... First of all, I would say the director uh, is involved with, often is involved with the development of the script, right? The, d- the director, uh, you know, chooses and hires the cast, um, and then they try to build as cohesive a product <laughs> uh, as possible to have the sort of unifying vision um, that lets all the other, all the players the actors, the designers, everybody um, make something that is of a piece. That's what I think. Interesting. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's just interesting to hear you say that the director usually is a part of the development of the script mm-hmm. because, like, in new work, like, 100%, but, yeah. like, not in new work, not, not in at new all. Not right. You know, so, but I, I definitely... Uh, show I'm about to go do with the woman I've been a fan of since <laughs> high school. The director has been a part of the creative team since the inception right. of the piece. Yeah. Over seven years ago. So, um, and it's been incredible to watch that relationship and, and how valuable he's been to the development of the script itself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, of course. Great point. Right. If it's not a new play, that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless it's a Shakespeare play and then they're doing their cut of it, which is what oh, sure. they want. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, Shakespeare. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, okay, so my another thing you said about choosing and, and um, hiring the actors yeah. is like, so my experience working in new work is that like, I- especially with things that are coming out of having done readings and workshops and whatever is that like there are already people attached to roles Mm -hmm. so like i guess i guess it depends on where you come in in the process yeah Yeah. but so i guess i'm curious for you like in terms of casting um anything you're directing like how much of it is like people you already know and people you're sort of just like offering the role to and how much of it is auditions sure when you're working on new stuff i hate auditioning people i find auditions to be a totally insane way to hire people (laughs) like i I, there it's so artificial it's it's makes me i feel very uncomfortable in auditions and i feel a lot of stress and pressure i don't know if you feel this way julia also but when you're on the other side of the table i'm constantly thinking during your audition about what adjustment i'm going to give you Mm. Um, and it makes me very stressed out and not a very good listener. Oh, and so sometimes I give everyone the same adjustment because I come up with one thing and then I just say to everyone. <laughs> well, I guess that's um, a very fair like scientific test of like <coughs> seeing how everyone takes the exact same notes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's really just because <coughs> I'm very bad at coming up with adjustments. Um, so not just because I'm bad at giving adjustments, but also because I find the whole, as I said, the whole steez of auditioning very upsetting i don't um, know what it says about me i think it might make me a sociopath but i sort of <laughs> love auditions it's so especially i love auditions when they're bringing in your material i mm. love seeing 25 people sing a song of mine that makes sense to me if i had just written the thing and i wasn't the director i think i would probably be super into that um but yeah i mostly i like to offer things to people that i know and yeah. have worked with you know, because again, it's like if you've already worked with someone, you don't have to ask yourself if they're going to be unpleasant or difficult or whatever, right. you know. Right. Um, yeah. But so then, like, <coughs> I d- I've, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. Um, but like, does that do you feel like that sort of like. I don't know, like, where do those people come from? Like, how, how have you already worked with these people? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. And, le- and then, like, w- when does that pool expand? You know, like, ha- yeah. and how does that pool expand? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, totally. I am, um, 
gosh, how do I know the pe-? right? It's like you have to start from somewhere where you know no one, yeah. and then the pool gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, um, yeah I get assigned people all the time, you know, or <coughs> the playwright that I am working with wants folks. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, nine times out of ten, it's totally fine and great, and I'm so excited to have to add another person to my like pool of oh, of people. I agree with that. I don't agree with that ratio. I feel like <laughs> six <laughs> times out of ten, it's great. yeah. Okay, maybe maybe I would say seven times out of ten. Okay. Yeah, depends on who, um, yeah, who brought them in. Right. So yeah, but it expands all the time. Right through playwrights. Through um, I like to yeah. I uh, though I guess those are also people I've already worked with. This is a snake eating its tail, right? Because yeah, it's well, you have to to I keep bringing up this exact same show I'm about to go do, but like, <laughs> I, I why shouldn't you? Bring I it up? witnessed the <coughs> breakdown for this theater company season come out with a uh-huh. character description for this role that I've been doing readings of for you know oh seven no. years. Oh no! How which rude! Is, well, you know that's how it goes. Like, it's equity requires these auditions to happen. Sure. And they that's have true. to list who these roles are, and so. They wrote this, you know, character breakdown for this character that. Was I'm it just a description of you as a person? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Which was oh, good, also like good, a I guess. Oh. But um, <laughs> but like it sort of made me realize that like when I'm um, auditioning for a a production like a, a world premiere production of a new work, there have there's been at least one, if not two, three, four people who have already touched this role. Mm, you mm-hmm. know yeah and it like it just sort of like really like fucked with my head because like in in the past i would always be like this is mine like like that's that has my name written all over it like i'm i'm gonna get this and i never do probably because <laughs> there are like all of these people <laughs> sure. who are already attached and already like yeah so <laughs> like i i i had a leg up on this particular project because i right. already like had prepared it to performance ready for the like various readings right. and workshops I'd done. And I like intimately understood the style because I'd been in conversations about what the tone of the piece was supposed to be. Yeah. And so it's just like, I, I'm just currently very fascinated by how world premiere, like how like new plays get cast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess. Just, yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 you go. I was going to say the cheat for me, I guess is people I've seen in other things. Mm. And people who I have someone in common with, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because then they're not like a stranger right. off the street, right? Um, and do you have the thing where you have like, like I feel like there's one or two writers where I especially feel like, oh, if an actor's in that stable of writers, they're probably going to be a good fit for me. Totally, yeah. That's a great <laughs> point too, because like the people whose taste you trust, like I often just go directly to them and will say. I need someone who can play like a frat boy with a heart of gold. Who do you have for me who looks 20 years old? And they're like, oh, call these five dudes. Uh-huh. And I'm like, great. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, but then, I mean, like, <coughs> I'm, t- I'm totally hearing what you're saying about, like, music. But then as a director, well, I guess, like, that's a question of, like, where does the style come from? Like, does it come yeah. from you or does it come from the script? Or, like, do you or sort of feel like... <coughs> Yeah, sure, right, yeah. totally. Like, yeah, what are you matching to? Um, but I guess what I'm, like, I'm thinking about, like, the tone of a piece, and, like, there might mm-hmm. be, like, ten people who, like, look like a frat boy with a heart of gold, right. but, like, if the piece wants to be, like, heightened in some way, they're not, you know, sure. five of those people might just be really into, like, the realistic version. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I totally know what you mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess then I would say what you just said and say, like, I need this person to be able to do a really like heightened yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I do easy audition easy. people. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I do. Well, <laughs> I tr- try to avoid it if I can. Yeah. Well, especially it's like, if you're I doing try to avoid going to auditions, I if I can, really don't blame you. but it's like, if you're doing a reading, you know what I mean? Like I can't, I don't have you, the you time and the auditions. resources, right. To audition people yeah. for readings. So that's when I get into the, the phone yeah. call that I just right. said to you, you know, or right. like he has to be able to be like whatever the thing yeah. is. And here's and like the tone of the it, it honestly feels like the most humane way to do right. it. Because yeah. auditions are so terrible. Like everything you said is like ten times so on the other side. Right. Totally. Um one thing I'll do too is I will sometimes ask actors to recommend other actors. You know, like if I reach out to the guy mm. who I want to have play the frat boy with the heart of gold and 
uh, he's unavailable, sometimes I'll say, you know, who are you always auditioning, auditioning against? Yeah. You know, um, you and it, I, it works pretty well, That's actually, good. because I feel like actors have a, a great sense of who they're always up for the same roles right. as. I feel like some actors would probably be hesitant to share if they're feeling like if they're in like sure. a scarcity mindset. But if totally. they're like in an abundance mindset. Yes. Yeah. 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 I Yeah. It's sensitive. I wouldn't do that with someone I really didn't. If I wasn't either super desperate or <laughs> someone <laughs> I really trusted and really trusted me, right. you know, for that exact reason. Yeah. But directors yeah. do that shit all the time. I, oh, we, do each other? we recommend each other all the time. Mm. Oh, interesting. If you're, oh yeah, if you're not available for something, you'll often be like, "What have you asked so and so? They're so great, you know." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least if we like each other. Too. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I realize I'm curious about, I like, like when thinking about like writer and director matching stuff, mm-hmm. like when you're a writer and you've got like five shows, say, and like say you're like chatting with a director, I'm always curious, this is for like for directors or for like theater companies, like, is it annoying for someone to be like, uh, you know, like, I have, like, these five or seven things. Are you interested in any of them? <laughs> Versus getting pigeonholed into, like, hey, mm. like, here's a specific project. Is this interesting to you? I have never experienced that, of being offered five or seven things. <laughs> I would, I'm very greedy, so I wouldn't want all of them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that sounds great. I would love <laughs> that. It'd be exciting to have a smorgasbord of options, I think. Even if it means, like, you have to, like, do some... At some point, like reading or listening to all those options, it's like, ugh. Yeah, probably. That would be cool, I think. I don't know. I would I like be that into that. Answer. But Can I don't you, know if I everyone mean, would be into that. If I were getting <laughs> offered five or seven things at once, <laughs> which has never happened, um, I there would probably be sort of like um, a range in like how interested I was in doing certain like playing certain roles you know what i sure. mean mm-hmm. so like would that translate for you like do you feel yeah, like that would translate for me if you were like here are five of my seven musicals <coughs> three of them feature an all-male cast i would hmm. be like please show me the other two <laughs> um or like or something like that that would probably be uh unless you specifically were like my all-male musicals need a lady director and then i'd be like okay mm. um but yeah, so there are definitely things that yeah. I would be like, this makes me less interested in that. Or like, I don't think I'd be totally right for this or very yeah. good at this. What, like, could you <coughs> could you say, like, out of the blue right now, like, what things would excite you about a potential project? Yeah, I mean, if, first of all, is it, a, is it about women, <laughs> basically, <laughs> or does it heavily feature women? Um, and the second thing is, is it a story that I have not heard before Mm. or if it is a story that i have heard before is it being told in a way that i haven't seen before yeah or that is smart or clever in some way right so those to me are the two things right off the bat and uh, i guess the third thing is is it theatrical right like i don't want to direct something that might as well be a movie i struggle with that Mm -hmm. um and there are so many plays like that as you know um (laughs) so those are the three sort of things i guess um that right away i'm like if something has all three of those, I'm like, yeah, sign me up. That sounds great. Cool. So, because, so, uh, you know, uh, this is the first time I've met you. So I'm just sort of like trying to, you know, figure you out a little <laughs> bit. But like, I'm honored. So it sounds like you're saying like you sort of lean into like a, a more like heightened theatrical style or or maybe I'm misunderstanding. No, you're not. That's right. And I, for me, it takes a lot of different forms and I would include the sort of I'm not against things that are realistic I think things that are sort of hyper realistic are very interesting to me um but yeah the sort of like it's the living room and this there's real running water in the sink upstairs well then it wouldn't be a living room but you know what I mean (laughs) um and like secrets are revealed right and some of those plays are excellent you know let me not knock like the well-made living room play um I love a good well-made living room play I am not interested in directing it sure yeah um yeah well then so <laughs> to go back to auditions because yeah. this is another like did you s- did either of you see um passover at yes, lct3 i did so um so um what really struck me about that show was that it was like very um 
wordy, mm-hmm. but it was also like physically like super stylized. Yeah. In a way that like I I imagine that if I just looked at the script, I would not have anticipated the show being directed in that way. Yeah. And I spent I mean, I loved the play, so I didn't spend too long thinking about this because <laughs> I was like in the play. But I spent a little bit of time thinking like how did she cast these actors? Like, mm. what was mm-hmm. that audition process like? Like, or did she just know that they were like extremely physical? Right. Because like, great question. How do you how do you come in? I'm like, if I were gonna go in, I mean, I would never. Well, oh no, there was a white guy in that <laughs> show. <laughs> there but was like, a white guy, yeah. Um, like really I scary. would have gone in, and oh yeah, totally. I would have <laughs> gone in and just sort of like been like hyper naturalistic because right. th- whatever, and then like what how do you do an adjustment like can you just like you know like jump around the room while you, <laughs> say, you know what i mean such like, a great question yeah i mean it's interesting uh, again it's to me this is a question that goes back to how much time and how many resources do you have right how many callbacks can you have yeah can't do you have a movement person can the movement person be the one who is giving this feedback you mm. know because they have a different and more sophisticated vocabulary for it than i do um yeah, it's funny. I actually just went through auditions for uh, a one-woman show um, that I directed. We did a workshop in the Frigid Festival, um, and we're going to go to Edinburgh Fringe this cool. summer. Um, but it's a, a one-woman show about Ivanka Trump. Mm. And in the script, there is the stage direction. There's a scene where Ivanka uh, learns how to shoot a rifle. Um, and... This is not, this didn't, that didn't actually happen that we know of. Um, <laughs> and the stage record says, Ivanka's gun dance. <laughs> and we used it as one of the audition sides. And I just let the auditioners interpret that. S- I just waited to see what they would do. Gotcha. Huh. You know? Um, and I would say to them, don't feel any pressure to do a gun dance. And some of them wouldn't, but most of them really went for it. Uh-huh. And it was actually amazing. And um, you can kind of get a sense of their instincts. Right. You get a sense of their instincts. You get a sense of <coughs> what sort of scale what they're operating on in terms of theatricality, mm. what they're sort of first. And then you can then you can give an adjustment, right? right. And be like, okay, we were cranked to 11, and now we'd see it. We take it down to an 8 and see what happens, you know? Um, you can see how what their instincts are about how to use the space that they're in. Um, yeah, it was it was fascinating. I've never really had that experience in auditions before um so it was really great that sounds they did really great. cool yeah. i it, but it also gave me so much i mean i already respect actors <laughs> but <laughs> it gave me so much more respect for actors because i was like this is my literal nightmare yeah is walking into a room with strangers and being given a piece of paper that says ivanka's gun dance and having to make something up uh-huh. like that sounds terrifying <laughs> so i really I don't know. I guess I should say, too, like, one of the things I also learned from assisting Kimberly Sr. in particular is what a supportive audition room she makes. Mm. Like, I was in the auditions for the show that we worked on together. And, I mean, as in any audition process, there were some auditions that were just truly rough. Mm. And she made, I don't know how she made them feel, but she did such a great job being like, that was so great. Thank you so much. It was so great to meet you. And I was like, oh, this is cool. In a way that felt genuine. In a way that felt totally genuine. And, like, I hope that none of those folks walked out feeling bad about their audition. I don't know why they would have. I mean, who knows? There are many variables, right? Well, what I was going to say is, like, maybe some of those people walked out feeling too good about their (laughs) audition. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) That's that's Because I've definitely had that experience where, like, the people behind the table have been very effusive and then, you know, zip. Oh, yes. I, I'm, I know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess I thought it was cool, but that's interesting for you as an actor to be like, if you don't actually like it, don't pretend that you liked it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I think what happens in my head is like, if I get any sort of kernel of like, I really enjoyed that. I instantly, I'm like, I'm cast. <laughs> uh, uh, when's my flight? Like, you know, totally. oh, I'm going to have to sublet my apartment. You know what I mean? Like, totally don't you mean, um, yeah. And so like, I I would so much, and you know, not to be like, that was shit, but to be like, right. thank you so much for coming in. Like, I don't think we're going to, uh, and you know, you don't necessarily know that right away, obviously. Right, of course. But That's like, like, I would so much prefer to just sort of like know that it's not going my way. <laughs> you know that's so interesting it's also i get funny, that like, i like 
in the very few times I've you know been behind a table, I think it's I always try to get a read like if you're not directly next to someone you're passing notes to, to like try to gauge like what your fellow behind the table people thought based on how they say thank you to see if you're on the same mm. page. As <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. I'm curious talking about like the naturalism uh, theatricality heightened thing. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about this before right now. If you get a piece of material, Sam, like just with no information, is your default to do it as naturalistic as possible? Usually. I mean, it, mm-hmm. like depending on like what's on the page. Like if like if there is, I mean, I, I've never seen anything that just says like Ivanka's <laughs> gun dance. But like, you know, if there is something that's like, you know, um, all of a sudden this per- this character turns into this other character, you know, like that's like a hint, right? Yeah. That, right. Like, it's probably not going to be super naturalistic but like uh, i sort of feel like that's where my skills um are strongest Mm -hmm. so that's always my like initial instinct um but (laughs) to keep talking about the show (laughs) during the summer i have to know what show this is i'll tell you later (laughs) um it was it was interesting to discover over the process that like um there is sort of like a little bit of heightened element to it and that i do feel like super comfortable doing it Mm. um which is like a nice like feeling of growth for me (laughs) yeah um yeah but that would be that would be my initial instinct yes that makes sense to me yeah yeah going all the way back because at your mark too there's a thing i had another question about although now it's not related to anything (laughs) we're talking about (laughs) this is impressive earmarking continue I, since you were saying, I just feel, I'm mainly asking this because it feels like the type of question we usually ask mm-hmm. <laughs> when you were talking about before about I'm comfortable assisting, mm-hmm. but I don't want to get stuck assisting. Yeah. Just like how you do navigate that. And if you're on some sort of like 10 year plan to like jettison the whole thing or like sure. just how, how you think about that as you build your career. What a good question. Yeah, I mean, okay, so when I, I started assisting because I didn't go to school for directing. I have no training basically at all. And um, Ooh, So, yeah, we have to go <coughs> back to talk about that, to like Great. how you came to be doing cool. this. Um, so I started assisting people, uh, basically offering to work for free. So the first person I ever assisted actually was Cara Reichel, mm. um, who is a lovely and talented person. And uh, I totally just forgot what question I'm answering. Oh, like if, if you're trying to be <laughs> like like especially so like conscientious or deliberate about like sort of phasing oh yeah thank you thank you so much okay so yeah so I've assisted a lot right and at the beginning because I started out assisting I had no training whatever didn't know what I was doing I uh, would assist basically anyone who needed me and would hire me and since then I've gotten sort of more and more like the point has narrowed right so I've gotten more and more selective mm, about who I want to assist um i would not be averse to being the associate or the resident on something for a short amount of time um and being a career associate is a great career like you make a ton of money as a career associate um but you are in service your whole career to someone else's artistic point of view right so which I guess, depending on the person, could be really satisfying. Totally, right? So for me, uh, you know, I, I've, like I said before, you know, because I feel very comfortable assisting, it's very tempting for me to kind of go down that road. Um, but I do not think that I would be happy <laughs> in service to someone else's creative point of view for my whole career mm-hmm. or for the majority of my career. Um, so yeah, I just sort of, I try to like pick and choose a little bit more, right? Who are the directors I really admire? Um, who are the directors, um, who I think at this point are going to welcome my artistic point of view. I'm, I'm more interested in that now than certainly I've ever been before, though, again, I don't find it necessary. Um, am I going to form a relationship with the theater institution that I feel might be useful in the future? Um, things like that. But, you know, I, I know a lot of people who came up primarily assisting and then the transition from that to assisting less or not at all is very challenging sure um and that was i was sort of on parallel track so i never really went through that transition um but 
I am trying to sort of like wean myself away from it a little bit more. Like certainly projects have come up recently that I'm like, ooh, I, should I send that person an email asking if they need someone? And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, like don't, don't do it, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it, you have to sort of focus on your own path, I guess. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. That's interesting that, yeah, that it's not even like, that's always like getting an email and turning something down, but like turning off the instinct to like submit yourself for a thing. Yeah. And turning down work is horrible. I, I hate it. It makes me very upset and uncomfortable. And only <laughs> in like the past three or four years have I reached a point where I'm sort of like getting more comfortable doing it. Yeah. Where I'm like, is this a good use of my time on multiple m- metrics? Right. It's going to pay me a lot of money. Is it going to lead to some other opportunity? Am I going to be artistically fulfilled? Ideally, at least two of those are true, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, but yeah, turning down work is scary. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I always have the fear that I'll never work again every time. I don't know what's going to be. People are like, so, what's coming up for you? And I'm like, death? (laughs) Like, I I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that's my next project. (laughs) No one knows. There's truly no one knows. (laughs) But you know what it's like. I mean, maybe that's a good answer. You're like staring down the barrel of. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The death is my next project. No, like honestly, because like I'm I'm starting to like hate that question more and more because like if I don't have something, it's just like ugh. But if I do have something, I don't want to be that guy who's like I'm doing this and like I'm doing you know what I mean like. I know. So that's a good answer. Like death, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, who knows? Yeah, it's funny. I have an actor friend who told me that when people ask her what are you working on? She answers by talking about like a hobby she's cultivating in her personal life. Yeah. Um, And so she, for a while was learning how to bake bread and she'd be like, actually I've been learning how to bake bread. And she said, people are so relieved to not have to talk to you about. So for a while (laughs) I was um, taking my dog to circus tricks class. (laughs) And so that's how I would answer the question for a long time. Actually I've been taking my dog to learn circus tricks and people would be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, he knows how to jump through a hoop. He knows how to run through a tunnel. Um, oh. Yeah, my dog Wait, is really likes to bar. navigate obstacles. Is running through <laughs> a tunnel a circus trick? You know, great question. You wouldn't think so, but a lot of dogs are afraid to go through a tunnel. Oh, if it's like long enough, they're like, yeah, they're like, there. no, I'm not oh. doing that. So, yeah. And he's like, whatever. But yeah, he likes to balance on a, th- anyway. So Wait, no, I don't agree cut with yourself. <laughs> there's, like, there's, there's jumping through a hoop, there's going through a tunnel, there's balancing a hoop. Yeah, there's these, like, you know, these, like, wobble boards that uh-huh. he oh, yeah. likes to balance on oh them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway. But I, like, I think answers like that, like, <laughs> just lead to, like, more human interactions. Totally. Right? Yes. And then, like, no one's worried about, like... Right. Because that's the other thing is, like, I'm learning how to not, like pretend to be this the like more successful version of myself you know yeah. like i like five years ago i would have always like had to have some answer like oh i just yeah. got back from such and such even though that was two two years ago right yeah, like sure. I totally and know. now it's sort of like i'm between things like that yeah. and that's fine because that's I normal <laughs> i wish we could all just not have to pretend yeah yeah you know? yeah and, but that's what i'm trying to um lean into is like uh, like fighting that urge to pretend and just yeah. to be real and I like this it's idea hard. that like the pretending is not doing this great favor for the favor for the audience. Like the person right. you're talking to isn't like dazzle me with your pretending. Totally. Right. It's just my own personal instinct yeah. to like always seem like that guy who's always working. Mm-hmm. Right. Which like n- no one ever is that person. So right. why bother pretending? Well, to me this goes back to the thing you were saying earlier about abundance and scarcity, yeah. right? That it's like you know, I was assisting on a show a couple of years ago that I was so pumped to be assisting on and this woman that I know came to see it and uh, afterward she was like oh my god this is so great i'm so happy for you how did you get this and i was like uh. oh <laughs> um and i told the truth which i was like i i asked i wrote to the director and i told him if he didn't have someone i would love to do it shrug <laughs> you know um and she was like oh like it was that simple which i feel if it often is that simple right. in my experience yeah. um that you just have to ask for things that you want right especially i think as a director um hmm. And I was talking to another director friend of mine who was like, no, you should have spiked the football and you should have been like, that director specifically asked for me because we're so tight and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that doesn't make me feel better. Yeah. That actually makes me feel worse. 
<laughs> because mm. it makes me feel like I'm coming from this place of scarcity. Mm. You know, that I have to, like, grip this opportunity so tightly. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah. To just be like, I, I don't know what's next. Right. But like, like can, can't we like all do learn to do that when we like all feel better? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, but like also like <laughs> if this is a conversation with someone in the industry, like and, and they're asking like, what's up with you? It's probably right. because you're trying to like sort of like establish some sort of right. professional dynamic totally. together. But like another way to like solidify that professional dyna- dynamic is to like know that person right you know what i mean and like be a person person and feel like friendly with that person to the point that like you don't feel awkward sending them an email right you know for sure so why not like you know tell them what's going on with you and then ask them what's going on with them and then you're like you know yeah did you have a bio in a thing not too long ago where it was about like putting together a puzzle (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh that was a thing well that's 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 my other thing is like writing my own bio makes me feel extremely uncomfortable yeah it's Mm. terrible um and so i was saying like i I just posted on facebook being like can i submit this as my bio and it was just like (laughs) sam held recently put together a 1000 piece puzzle (laughs) that was you know depicting like a sunset by a beach or whatever um but i didn't actually end up but but recently i performed in this um uh, benefit and they asked us for a one sentence bio mm. and it was like it was wow. like you know say something you recently did or something that you have upcoming and it was like the example was like you know like john smith is about to appear on ncis or whatever whatever <laughs> and i was just like all of the recent things i have been doing are readings the thing that's upcoming i can't really talk about right. yet because i haven't signed the contract yet so i just wrote sam helt recently watched the graduate for the first time <laughs> <laughs> Which was like, rela- which was like, um, tangentially related to the piece I was presenting in this That's benefit. That's so great. So it was Aww. like, cool, like whatever, like yeah. I love that. Because like, because like, ultimately, like, who cares about this one sentence bio? Right. So why not just like, <laughs> totally. you know, say something fun? And I really liked the graduate, by the way. I yeah, really enjoyed really that great movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. God, I've seen it, but it's been a while. It's on Netflix. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'll go home and watch the graduate <laughs> yes. this very night. Um. <laughs> Um, so to, to circle back as Julia suggested that we should, how did you, um, get interested in directing? So I went to undergrad for playwriting, Uh um, at NYU (coughs) and I, uh, didn't have a great experience there. Um, I don't know what the program's like now. It's turned over almost entirely the faculty, I Uh think, um, but suffice it to say that I left at the end of senior year and was like, I don't think this is going to work. Like, I don't think the thing I thought I was going to do is the thing I thought I was going to do. What uh, does that mean? Feeling. Yeah, it was horrible. Like, you had a different um, idea of what Like, I thought I was going to be a playwright. And oh. then I was like, oh, oh no, I, I don't think saying. I am going to be one hmm. after all. Um, I think it's too hard. And... So I took a year and I didn't do anything theater related. I mean, I went to theater, but I didn't make any theater. I worked at a preschool, which was amazing, actually. Um, And one day I hope to write something about that. (laughs) I don't even know where I would begin. Um, And then at the end of the year, I felt sad because I hadn't done any theater for a year. And so I quit my job and I started uh, assisting on things. And I assisted Kara on two shows, um, and I really liked assisting. Was when you started assisting, yeah. was it like a conscious choice to be like, I might be interested in directing, or was it just sort of like this opportunity came up and you're like, sure? I wanted to get into a rehearsal room, mm-hmm. um, and the deal with Prospect Theater Company at the time was you could like be an intern. And the sort of reward for being the intern was you could assist on something. Gotcha. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll get to like work for this theater company run by some of the most incredibly passionate people I had ever met. I mean, I met Cara and I was blown away by how passionate she was about their upcoming season. Um, and I was like, I would like to work with these nice people. And so, uh, yeah, so I wasn't specifically the thing about assisting that it w- interested me. I was just like, I would like to just be around these folks. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I want to be in a rehearsal room. Um, and then I did, I had, I had some playwright colleagues, obviously, 
And so I started reaching out to them to ask them to let me direct their plays. Um, and then I truly did like every shitty black box festival <laughs> in the city, like truly every single one. Um, some of which are like a total scam, you know what I mean? That you oh, like, yeah. you have to pay for your own rehearsal space. Like sh- I did it all um, because I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like my, and, I, and that was my boot camp. And so I started, because I, I, again, I had no training at all. Uh, and then from there, I started to get into some of the like baby director programs. Um, so I went to Williamstown as a directing intern. Um, and then I went to um, uh, Actors Theater of Louisville and I did their professional training company cool. um, for a year. And both of those, and I was like, quote unquote, very old by the time I did both those. Like when I went to Williamstown, I was 28 already. And my colleagues were like 24. And so they could stay up all night rehearsing and I could not. <laughs> you know? I was like, I am not doing my best work at two in the morning. Right. So I was like, our rehearsals will end at one, you know, very, <laughs> reasonable. very reasonable. Yeah. Um, so. So, yeah. And then, you know, by this point, I'm like, OK, now I know a bunch of people. I'm assisting a bunch of people. I have like a little bit of a better sense of how to like, quote unquote, network. Um, so, yeah. And how like soon in the process, like I, I do think of you now as like, you know, as you've just said, like sort of interested in a feminist lens mm-hmm. on things. How long has that been sort of a part of how you think about what you do? Wow, I really don't know. I guess, I mean, I've always been more interested in work about women. I just don't, I don't know when it became, well, when it beca- started to become explicitly a thing was when people started asking me the question, what kind of work do you do? Hmm. And I realized I had to come up with an answer and I didn't know <laughs> what the answer was. <laughs> um so when I really, s- and it took me a long time to come up with the answer, you know, like, I don't think I could answer that question until probably like five years ago, four or five years ago. Uh-huh. Um, it reminds me of me and Gordon when we, when we got to aggressively empathetic. And now I say that like every two sentences. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, right. It's like, once you know, I mean, I hate to say once you know how to like brand yourself, but it really is such a big part of it. Um, because for a long time, I was like, I don't really think of my, I don't, ha- and I still feel this way a lot, that I don't really have, like, a stamp, you know? I'm not an auteur director, um, and the, a lot of the directors I admire really sort of disappear behind the play um, in a way that I really love. Um, but that is not a sexy way to talk about yourself. Right. You know, you're yeah. like, I serve the play, and I try not to be seen. You right. know, it's like, people are like, I'm not giving you a grant. Like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I guess... Probably, I would say, like, four or five years ago when I started really having to, in earnest, answer the question, mm-hmm. like, what kind of work do you do? Interesting. That's interesting. Um, I feel and like I think most sort of people are telling me what kind of work I do. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I mean, I guess I feel, for me as a director, you know, so much of what I'm doing in order to, like, get jobs is trying to, like, explain myself. And yeah. I do think it's similar to auditioning, actually, in a way, because when I, when I m- meet a artistic director or a playwright even – I feel very much like I'm auditioning. Like I'm saying, sure. you don't really know, right? You've never, we've never worked together. You don't really know, but I'm promising you that this is what you're going to get in there. You right. know, mm. and except like, the difference for, is that for actors, we actually get to present to you like a version of what right. we would be doing. And I can only talk about the right. version of what I would be doing. It's right. like if you went in for an audition and they were like, okay, you, and you had to describe yeah. <laughs> my, my vision of this character. Right. Right. It's truly Which, so Which, honestly, weird. I would probably <laughs> prefer. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I felt strongly about the character, I could totally do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's funny because I feel like in writing, you also do a lot of describing, you know, describing the thing you do sometimes you get to send off like samples or whatever but you know in a conversation and i feel like it's so unreliable like i feel like often when i hear other writers describe their work i'm like nope false not the right oh interesting (laughs) i completely agree like in a way where you're like uh, where you're like you want to tell them like that's not what people really are seeing so like you should adjust your language or in a way where you're like oh this person thinks more highly of themselves than 
<laughs> necessarily more highly. I just feel like there's certain adjectives that everyone's agreed are good and mm. everyone will apply to their stuff. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, okay. As if that's the one adjective. And it's like their stuff probably does have five amazing adjectives that are really unique to it. Yeah. But like, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like one of the things you hear all the time. You know, like I feel like you know, like visceral. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> says, you know, like their stuff is. Right. It's like some things are. Right. But just a lot like of we've all agreed that that's the best. Right. <laughs> Maybe that was that's, so that's very true. Wow. I guess that's part of the directing thing, too. Once you are attached, if you are like sort of like helping develop a piece from early on, it's sort of like helping them figure out like what yes. is your niche? Like where do you go? Totally. Yeah, and sort of asking the questions that are going to move the piece in the direction of what it wants to be, right? Because I can tell you what I think, what I want it to be, but if it's not what you want, you the writer want it to be, then we're cross purposes, you know? Yeah. So it's like, how can I ask the questions that are going to help you move toward actualizing it the way that you want it to be actualized? Yeah. Um, But I love that, and maybe that's because I came up as a, or not didn't come up as, I trained as a playwright you know that's one of my favorite things about directing is like what if we took this scene and we moved it up here and we like moved this song out mm. and we put it over you know um or like what if she sang that song to this other character instead of that character i love the sort of dramaturgy i'm in many ways a, a dramaturg <laughs> in my heart uh-huh. <laughs> um which is also part of the reason why i absolutely love working with dramaturgs mm. um but yeah getting a play on its feet for the first time very stressful that's like my least favorite day of rehearsal always Huh. And I'm like, I guess it's in 3D now. <laughs> I have to <laughs> put it there. Um, yeah. But I love the I love the script time. That's my yeah. favorite part. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. So then do you find if, like, putting it in physical space is less exciting for you, do you gravitate towards actors who, like, love experimenting in physical space because yes. that's what they, like, bring? Totally. And, actually, I assisted a director who – I, I for, for a while I would come to rehearsals with like a very detailed plan, and I would you know I never make actors do anything that they don't feel is organic unless we like absolutely have to. But I would be like, okay, I'm gonna have her suggest to her that she cross stage left when she whatever whatever. And then I assisted a director who would be like, all right, take a pass at it, and they would, and I was like, yes, <laughs> I am gonna do this to everyone. Just take a pass at it, and I now do that all the time and it really works so much better if i'm like okay you have to make sure that you exit over here when you say such and such or like the other thing's not going to make sense and then you re-enter before he sees her do the other thing right all right take a pass at it do you hate that as an actor or do you i mean i'm sure there's variety for all actors well yeah i guess it depends on um like how comfortable we've gotten at that point with the material sure right so like if there's been a lot of table work then I'm probably feeling pretty comfortable. But yeah. if it's like the first day, like get up on our feet, oh my God, I'm no. sort of like, that's horrible. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to yeah. do it, quote unquote, wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's just my own shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love table work. Yeah. But I do, I enjoy staging. I just, the first hour of it is very, I don't like, it yeah. makes me stressed. But I think I'm coming to, I'm coming to a, a new um, understanding. Like I'm, I'm coming around to like <laughs> the, an interesting thing about like act, or at least my acting training was that it was sort of like what you're told is that an actor's job is to do what the director says, right? Right. I so think like, that's so true for so many actors. Yeah. So like, there's there was a there was a something in my brain for a very long time that was like, I have to do it right the way that the director wants. Right. Um, and I'm coming to a newer understanding of like, what do I know about this character and what do, uh, what story do I want to tell about this character? Right. Um, and so, and obviously in collaboration with the director and what the director knows about this character and what the director wants to tell about this character, but that I have agency in that relationship, which like yes, five or six years ago, I would not have ever said. Well, I think... <laughs> It does young actors a really uh, unfortunate disservice to be told that, you know, because to me, I I think the thing we should, the thing I am telling young actors when I work with them is like, you are a generative artist and I need you to generate with me. And that's the kind of director that I am, right? Again, I'm not the director who's like, 
now stand over there until I tell you to stop standing over there, you know? Like, I really rely on actors to make the thing with me. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's a, it's, a collabor- it's a collaborative art form. Right. And, and <laughs> that's why <laughs> actors shouldn't be told that they aren't, they aren't allowed to collaborate. Right. <laughs> Although it is interesting, like I do feel like I've heard you say on this podcast, you know, like that there's sort of lanes of the generative and the interpretive. Oh yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I like uh, what you said is interesting because I still consider myself an interpretive artist. Sure, but that doesn't mean that I can't be creative. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish that more college students, in particular, are were being taught like yeah to be at least prepared, <laughs> you know, to be to contribute yeah. creatively. Right. And to and to be taught how to balance that. Right. Like, when do you say something and when do you not say something? And when do you ask a a question in table work and Mm -hmm. when do you not? You know, those are really important questions. And I think most young actors do not uh, learn that. This is maybe sort of mean, but do you ever get someone who just like is like a dud, like for this particular (laughs) piece, all their instincts are wrong? Everything. Of course. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. And then you, you just like. Because you don't want to squash their thing, but I would imagine. I mean, it's not that I don't want to squash their thing. I, it's more that it's it's diminishing returns at a certain point, mm-hmm. right? So it's like I can give you a thousand notes, and if you're not un- if we're not understanding each other, or you're you're you know you're just sort of not ready for prime time, like skills wise, more a thousand and one notes. That's gonna mm. just gonna make you feel bad, and you're gonna then know that I don't. I'm not feeling what you're doing and then you're going to feel bad about yourself. You know what I mean? So it's like at a certain point you have to, I, I cut my losses, yeah. you know, and I'm like, okay, this is what it is. And next time <laughs> we do something different, you know? Yeah. Um, That's nice. It's sort of like an acceptance about it. Yeah. Well, cause it's, I find it's so when people get noted to death, it's so bad for morale. Yeah. Although you know? I, w- <laughs> it's interesting to hear you say that because whenever I'm in a situation where I'm not getting a lot of notes, mm-hmm. um, my initial instinct mm. is to assume that <gasps> oh, it's exactly what up. you just said, mm-hmm. that they've, they're sort of like, sure. you know, diminish it's diminishing returns and they're just like bored with me. But then like this same thing has happened on projects where they've kept me around for, right. you know, many incarnations. Right, where it's just like, there's so many fires to put out and like, right. you know, you're doing great. Is working. Right. right. But so maybe this is just my own personal shit but it's it's hard for me to 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 believe that it's that mm-hmm. to believe that it's the he's taking care of his own shit as opposed mm-hmm. to he's useless in this situation <laughs> and, and i'm just not gonna bother <laughs> and I've anymore given up. right so scary that um, it could be no it. i totally know <laughs> yeah it's funny i i like maybe a year and a half ago i was auditioning people for a show and a friend of mine came in and auditioned and because the other the rest of the company wanted to see her and I called, she auditioned for two roles and I called her back for one and not the other. And the one I called her back for, she hadn't quite done the thing I wanted her to do in the audition. So I wanted to see if she could do it in the callback. And then I cast her in the other role that I didn't call her back for. And she was like, what happened? <laughs> and I was like, I, you demonstrated you could do it. I didn't need to call you back for that. Right. You know, right. um, like why put us both through that <laughs> when I, when it was evident you were already doing the thing I wanted you to do, you know? <laughs> But I can see why, (laughs) right, exactly, auditions are terrible. But of course I can see why she was like, oh, well, she didn't call me back for the other role. I'm just not thinking about it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Auditions are terrible is the moral of the story. (laughs) And we just tell ourselves these stories. We, we, like, she she decided what was going on in your head. That's Mm -hmm. right. Because she didn't have, she didn't, because she didn't know what was going on in your head. (laughs) Right. But she needed to know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Totally. But I will say, too, about, like, people like when someone's a dud like one thing i feel i have learned in like the last two years is fire people Mm. like if you if it's really not gonna work fire somebody like it's painful for you and it's painful for them but you actually are doing both of you a favor if you cut them loose and i've never seen that happen have you have you done that in like a in like a reading process no I have, and I will tell you the reason why I have learned this is because I have never fired anyone. Mm. And there were two instances where I was like, I should have fired those people. Yeah. And I didn't, and we both suffered as a result. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And the struggle I would have gone through to replace them would have been nothing compared to the struggle that I went through because I did not fire them. 
Yeah, I feel like replacing them wouldn't be that hard. It's just that, like, right. the horror of, like, firing someone I would so intense. See, I would much rather be the firer than the person who has to do all the administrative shit shoveling to replace someone. Hmm. For sure. Like, find fi- find somebody, audition somebody, like... Does their schedule fit into your schedule? Right. On and on and on and on. Adjust the rehearsal schedules right. to accommodate that, them. Because if you're at a point Kill where you're me. firing someone, it's because you're already into rehearsals. Right. Yeah. But, but anyway. What a weird room morale that must be. Like for everyone else, if one person is gone and someone else appears. I think it depends. I think it's, you know, and for me in both these situations, it was because the people in question were a huge suck on morale already. Oh. Mm. And were like poisoning yeah. the, my rehearsal room. Yeah. Um. Not necessarily that they weren't talented, but that they were, yeah, they were poisoning the room. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I would have been interested to see how it, if morale, in fact, improved or, yeah. or didn't. But I don't it's know because I didn't I guess, fire like them. <laughs> <laughs> You're never as constrained as you think you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's all, Rob. <laughs>